I say, Africa must wake up, the sleeping sons of Jacob, for what tomorrow may bring. May Our dynasty on the morning bliss. Can you tell me, young ones, who are we today? This morning on Our Dynasty, we are joined by the absolutely phenomenal, uh, grounded and filled with wisdom, Paul Nzamande. Now, Bob um, Nzamande is a life coach, he's an author, a mental wellness advocate, and today he continues on the vein that we have started on a month ago, speaking about legacy. But this legacy we are looking into is the legacy of respect. Now, <laughs> You know, it sounds like something very simple. Respect. What is respect? Right? But I think today we're going to get a different twist to it as Africans. Thank you very much and good morning to you, uh, Bapol Nzamande. Blessings. Good morning, good morning, and good morning to all the 80 must be said. Beautiful morning. We are blessed and highly favored. Well, with the highly favored, are we highly respectful? Are we respected (laughs) or should we define (laughs) what respect is in the African context and not in the nowadays context where it shows respect to give direct eye contact. And if you don't do that, but that's not how we we grew up. Right. So please define it for us. Respect. Right. So I'm going to submit to you that. There is what respect is, there is how respect is expressed. And there's a difference between what it is and what and how it is expressed. Because I want to submit that respect is a matter of their heart more than a matter of actions. So it's possible for a person to behave as though they respect you when deep down inside they don't really respect you. So we're talking genuine respect as a matter of the heart. Now, in preparation, I went to Google just to see how um, they define respect, you know, documents like Wikipedia and other sources, just to be sure that I'm, I'm not speaking out of turn. And, and I think I'm comfortable that the definition I'm going to propose is actually quite universal. Respect involves in the first place, recognizing the other person. And and that's when you respect the other because there's also self-respect. So it's recognition. And recognition can also be called seeing. You see the other person or you see yourself. So that which you respect, number one, you see. Number two, in seeing it, you see its attributes. And when you see those attributes, you see them in a positive light. So you see Nongulego, but in seeing Nongulego, you see um, you see her in a way that makes you appreciate her attributes. Um, and and in in appreciating them, you then give her the true right one to exist two, to be appreciated, but three, to express herself. So it's right to exist, number one, two, to be appreciated, three, to appreciate herself. So, 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 so respect has a lot to do with recognizing the other person's wishes, the other person's needs, and, and, and ensuring that 
they have a right to do that. Even if you yourself are not facilitating those rights, you at the very least recognize them. That is why oppression, which leads to humiliation, is the opposite of respect. And remember, oppression is the taking away of rights. And one of the fundamental rights is the right to dignity. So you will see that respect is actually a universal value because wherever you are in the world, nobody wants to be humiliated. Everybody would like to be recognized. Everybody would like their dignity to be kept intact. And that is what respect is really. Now it can be expressed differently. So, so, so you made a perfect example looking one in the eye, for example, would be a way of expressing it. It would be a behavior to express it, and it would differ across different cultures. But let me make one practical example. Um, personal space. Um, you know, Europeans are very sensitive to personal space. There is personal space uh, within within a couple of centimeters there's a sense that you don't come into this space this is my personal space if you come too close to me you are technically you're violating my personal space and you're making me uncomfortable so and then there's phys and this is physically you don't come within a certain space because that space is for my friends you know if you're a stranger you stand within a certain distance from me because you 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 are respecting me now if you look at africans actually in history uh, you look at how people would greet uh, when they meet a total stranger on a path the the and it's very interesting i'll i'll refer to isizulu which is i often refer to isizulu purely so that i don't contradict myself because at least they have got a little bit more authority to speak it would be a very interesting thing. A person would meet a total stranger, but they would they would go past the stranger and allow the stranger to go past them. A short distance, then turn around and greet. Now, what is that? One, it's a respect for personal space. You don't block another person's path. Have you seen how a person wants to talk to you, but they stand right in front of you so that now you can continue with your own path? One of the expressions of respect is allowing me freedom of movement, allowing me freedom to continue with where I was going. So you go past the person. This is now past the person, then turn around and allow them that space. Number two, stand a little bit of a distance away to allow that person the space to then just express themselves. They can be themselves. And, and that's why if you go into the rural places, for example, it can sometimes be very funny. You find people speaking to each other, but because we now live in the townships where because of all the overcrowding and whatever, personal space has become me, an unaffordable luxury. We, we tend to see these people standing a little bit of a distance away from each other and we don't understand. It's actually personal space it's actually respect. You're affording the other person's space. And then, and, and then they would turn around and the first thing they would do is they would say, I greet you, but not just I greet you, I see you. And in fact, more than that, we see you. Various explanations have been offered for this. I want to submit a very practical uh, explanation. The moment that is taken to greet and exchange pleasantries is then followed by 
and update. You, you'll find that when you go into some, even now, when you go into the very rural places, if you go there and just say, Sanborn, uh, hi, uh, I'm looking for this, that, and the other, they just don't, they look at you very strange. I've seen this in the Northwest, I've seen it in Limpopo, I've seen it in Guazulu, because it's like, what's wrong with this person? You're supposed to greet, you're supposed to, one, recognize me, acknowledge me, and then you're supposed to tell me who you are. You're supposed to tell me where you're from. And then you're supposed to tell me your business before you ask me what you're looking for. And that's why sometimes you find when we speak to security guards who are from, uh, from, from that part of the world, often if you come in and you're in a rush, they'll sometimes just stand there and look at you until you greet properly. I'll send one, ninja. You know, you know, Bamzimande. Uh, I, I want us to look at that. Just the way, the manner in which greetings have evolved. Because now it's not longer even Sanborn or Ninja. It, now it's just hi. You know, you find a 15-year-old saying hi to an adult. Oh, it grates me. But in any case, um, does this have this change and shift? Does it have much to do? with the way colonialism came in, even slavery came into Africa, and us being reconditioned to understand or perceive the world in a way that is no longer African. Because I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a marker as to when we changed from being fully aware when we give respect and behave in respectful manners. There's, I'm going to propose two. Um, one, um, colonialism, but two, also the shift in communication. The, the, the reason there was such an emphasis on, on greeting, standing there and saying, for example, Sianibon, I'm representing a whole bunch of people from where I come from. So I am a a, a, a newspaper, I'm a television station, I'm a radio. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to share with you news from my part of the world. You are going to share with me news from your part of the world. Because now that I've met you, you are going to share as much with me as is relevant. I'm going to share with you as much as is relevant because I recognize that every piece of information that you gather you are going to share with a number of people in your homestead. I'm going to share this with a number of people in my homestead. So even as I walk around, one of the most critical things that I am is a source of information. Now, this is in an age where there wouldn't be a telegraph, there wouldn't be a television, there wouldn't be a radio, there wouldn't be a cell phone. And so every piece of information would be critical and therefore every human encounter would then be priceless in terms of one, the information that is going together, but to the accuracy of that information would be more than just a matter, just a casual matter. It would really be a matter of informing the entire homestead. Now, this day, one, we've had that uh, transitional shift where, hey, the, you know, the levels of dehumanization that came with urbanization um, especially because it was forced upon us, meant a total deconstruction of the culture, um, the values, even the systems that would reinforce 
those values. For example, if you were disrespectful um, in a traditional homestead, any adult could reinforce respect. But we are evolving more to a point where it's a nuclear family and everyone is looking after their own children and the next person doesn't have a right to do that. But also, this thing of being dependent on one another for more than just that, but for critical information on behalf of others has been replaced by fast media. So in a world where I can just phone and find out what I want to find out, the value of the next person as a source of information has been somewhat diminished. And now what really remains now is just the genuine appreciation of the other person purely for existing. And that, that becomes even more difficult because now I must be in a sense, and I use the word somewhat loosely, I must now be awake enough to recognize that even if I'm not going to get any practical value from the next person, purely because of them existing, they are important. One, it could be enlightened self-interest where I say, you know what, I might need this person one day. Therefore, let me accord them the respect. But it could also just be a state of um, um, enlightenment, awokeness, where we realize that universally we are all connected. And, and therefore, the next person's well-being generates positive energy from them, which influences my space and influences the universe uh, in general. So it now, being respectful now, has become more a matter of personal enlightenment, more than a matter of practical need as it used to be. So back then, it would be a matter of practical need, coupled with, of course, universal consciousness of the fact that the other person, hence you'd say, umuntu, umuntu ngabantu. Now, I, before I pass on uh, from this, 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 this line of thinking, let me further venture, let me further suggest that there were three universal objects of appreciation or respect. That would be number one, and this is across all cultures, and I would welcome um, anybody that would differ. This is how I see them. Number one, it's, universe, it's, it's universal respect for divinity. Whether you call divinity mvelinangi, mwalimu, atnatu, however it is that you see it, there is respect for divinity, number one. Number two, on a parallel, so, so that's upwards, a parallel, there is respect for fellow humanity. And then thirdly, there's respect for nature. If I look at the different cultures, the different religions, and, 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 we argue in terms of how we relate to these things, how we express this form of respect, but we agree fundamentally that on these three planes, respect must be given. So we may disagree on how to express respect for women, how to expect, uh, express respect for, 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 for trees, uh, and that type of thing, depending on our beliefs about the world and, and how the world works, depending on what our science informs us, um, depending on the tools that are available to us, depending on what misconceptions we've got, et cetera, et cetera. But fundamentally, these are the three things that the respect focuses on. 
But nowadays, nowadays we are seeing respect, especially in the African communities, since it was December. Uh, in the homesteads, and uh, they are respected because you drive a certain car, because you wear certain brands, because you could afford to contribute so much to Umtimbi, the celebration at home. Then you are given respect. And then the elders who are in the family, who are now retired, who no longer have livestock, who don't have anyone looking after them, are looked down upon. But those are the custodians of knowledge and culture. So you find a, a 34-year-old who's just made it. Jimmy comes to Joburg, made it in town, and goes, and he, everyone is hailing. Oh, auntie, oh, mom, cool. Everyone is respecting this person based on their possessions. But no one looks at him and gives him a second chance. Respect has now become very material in this day and age. It, it, and it's such a, a, a it's such a short-sighted evolution of um, the the expression of respect and honor towards the person who has material possession. Because we we all know <laughs> we all know that um, you you win it today, you could lose it all tomorrow. Then what? Then what? So it is not sustainable because it's based on the outward expressions of what you can afford. Now, two things there are a bit of a challenge. The first one is that source of wisdom. Now, in the way that the world used to work, and this is across cultures, the way the world used to work was that the more experienced you are, the more wisdom you had collected through experience, through trial and error, through exposure, and that those who are younger could therefore glean wisdom from you. Now, technology and the means of communication has turned that around. So, for example, you buy a cell phone these days, your children will be the ones who know better how to operate that cell phone than you do. So, suddenly, the children know more than the parents. So that initial source of uh, respect being the idea that you know more has been turned on its head. And so now the younger ones know more than the older ones in respect of these tools and implements that we need to carry out our lives. They then confuse that with knowing more about life, with being more wise. They know how to manipulate TV, they know how to manipulate apps. They know how to navigate the internet and find specials and, and they can go to, they can travel to India. They know how to manipulate the world, but they know how to manipulate the material world because the tools and implements are, are, are manipulable to them. They are fair with the technology of communication around that. But there is then the wisdom of life that they are not fair with. So, so let me let me make a practical example. Stealing, whether you were stealing back then and stealing ukamba or you're stealing today pods, it is still theft. So those universal values are timeless. You know, so there are things that are just timeless. The benefits of according the next person respect are things that you can only truly ever grasp with one experience but passed on through training. We have omitted training in favor of uh, education based on reading. 
So we now pressure our children information. We don't train them. Now, the, the, the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs says, train a child the way they are to go when they are young and they will not depart from it when they are old. We know this. I can tell you from life coaching as well, um, we know that up to the age of seven is where most people's beliefs about the world are formed. They can still be manipulated between seven and 19, but beyond that, it really takes a lot of uh, coaching to try and get a person to adjust if their fundamental beliefs are, are inconsistent with what they need for them to succeed. So if we don't train deliberately, intentionally, train children to respect people regardless and just say, just because this is a human being, we respect them. But it's also not limited to human beings, to respect animals, you know? This thing of you see a bird and for no reason you need to just smash a bird dead. Why? You see a cat and you must just bash it. Why? You see a dog and you must just be, why? And um, in that respect, in fact, you find that the, the more, because some of the things are universal spiritual laws, you'll find that the more progressive societies tend to reflect a respect for nature, a respect for animals and respect for plants and 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 you find that the universe and and it could be argued that i'm expressing my own spirituality but the universe has laws and those laws are predicated on fundamental respect and if you're disrespectful if you do not honor nature if you do not honor other people if you do not honor divinity there will be consequences and it's this having lived through the cycles of life to learn and see these uh, work out over time that you then are able to sit and respect. Let me make one last example, a bit of a tricky example. When we grew up, and it was uh, around the advent of uh, AIDS, and we were told, no, AIDS takes about 15 to 20 years. Uh, we were younger then. And we were like, ah, 15 to 20 years, ah, man, that's such a long time. Uh, ah, sugar, by the time that thing catches up with me, I'll be old fairly, uh, you know? And we were younger then. We were in the ages of 15, 17, and we thought it didn't matter. We've lived past that 20 years. We've seen people die from it. Now our perspective is different because it's no longer theory. We now know, hey, listen, HIV AIDS, it kills, you know, and it kills terribly. Now, our uh, idea of it is no longer theoretical. We, so when we say to the next person, hey, John, be careful, they are less likely to see it the way we do because we've lived through it. We've seen it practically. We've burnt our fingers. We've got the scars. We've seen it with our own eyes and mm. we know this mm. is not child's play. So there's also that where the younger ones can manipulate the environment better, therefore, uh, and acquire those material trappings, etc., etc., etc. But they have not lived. Now, we who have lived, I, I'm, I'm not professing that I've lived much longer than you. <laughs> <laughs> However, you are such oh, a young child. Bamzimande, please. You know, I, I mean, I mean, I'm a parent now, Bamzimande. You know, mm, there are kids yes, here. Um, how <laughs> do we? Kids. How do we now pass on a good legacy of respect to our children? 
for them not to respect the material things, for them not to disregard those those things that are very, uh, you know, um, non-tangible and things that come from divinity, things that you were quoting the, 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 the Bible, but the Bible also says respect your mother and father so that your days may be long on earth. It continues, parents, do not provoke your children. Yes. You know, how do we how do we live that and teach our children? But how do we make sure that we live it so that our children can see it and live it too? It's and, and, and you've hit the nail right on the head, you no know, good length. I want to submit that the answer isn't exactly your question. Firstly, two things need to happen. One, we need to live it then we need to train it. Now, the children are very interesting people. They don't do what you say. They do what you do. Yeah, that's what my grandmother then... used to say to me. She used to say, and she'd make me feel so guilty. <laughs> Go wash dishes. And then I'm like, uh, uh, not right now. This is in my head. And then the next thing I hear, kitli, 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 and I pretend to be asleep. And then she just wakes me up and says, don't do what I say, do what I do. Lapizicha says, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But now the parents now are not, are not even saying don't, you know, the, the parents now are on TikTok, they are on social media, they are drinking, they are dancing, you know. Uh, yeah, how do our children and do what we children, do? Mm. And the children are reflecting this yeah. because it's about our intentionality. Parenting is a very sure. intentional game. Yeah. But I'm exhausted. I'm coming from work. And, and, and I also just want to space out, but too, I'm addicted to social media. So I'm there and the time for intentional parenting has therefore been reduced. Uh, so, so I want to say, we've got to live it, we ourselves. Number two, we've got to intentionally train. Children are not just a matter of, re we've outsourced a lot of it as well to schools. And so you find that sometimes we even contradict the school. The school will teach in theory the correct thing, but the children get home and we are not doing the correct thing. And then they're like, ah, Uma is wrong. So we don't even know what is being taught at school because we're not intentional about imparting values. And I say this respectfully, it's not a matter of judgment. I'm just pointing out an opportunity for us to improve so that there's more consistency between what we say and what the school is saying. So we understand what they're being taught at school and we make sure that it is consistent with what we teach here. I'll make a, a simple example and it's not because I'm the best parent. There was a time when my daughter, for example, she had dreadlocks um, when she was much younger and she just enjoyed them. And the school wanted to cut them. And uh, when she came home to say that, one of the first things I said to the school principal was, listen, as an educator, your job is to improve children's self-esteem, not diminish it. You are diminishing my child's self-esteem by telling them that their hair is intrinsically inferior. Etc. Etc. But that was my argument. So I took that up, and because I took that up on her behalf and stood up for her, she learned that she has words, she has value. Because as a parent, I reinforced it. So part of that is that by respecting her, even as a child, and respecting her right to be respected, and fighting for that right and expressing it, she learned that she has this right. So so parenting is truly. A, a, a very intentional game.
it's a game of being present and being very aware and being very deliberate about the outcome that we want out of these children. But we ourselves must be convicted that it is important. By the time the child grows up and becomes a nuisance in the community, becomes a criminal, etc., etc., we may have missed it at the age of two when they were throwing tantrums. We may have missed the opportunity to say, listen, you are now throwing tantrums. That is not acceptable. I will not give you what we want. We missed the opportunity when they were throwing tantrums in the shop and wanting every toy to say, you are not going to get it because that is not how life works. Bamzimande, can we wrap it at that? But can I please ask, let's talk about parenting next week. <laughs> let's talk about parenting. You, 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 you igniting things inside of me that I don't like. I hate seeing little kids make a noise in the shops. Uh, and I think we need to come to understand with this being modern, but we don't have to behave in a way that even Amangis don't behave in. So let's leave it there. Um, how do our A-teamers get in touch with you? Can I, can I, this is my parting shot. No, 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 no parting shot. I've got another interview waiting. Okay. Next week. <laughs> Facebook, Paul Zimande, Twitter, Paul Z, Instagram, Paul underscore Zimande. Thank you very <laughs> Thank much. You. <laughs>